Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Vinny here for No Vin Used Cars, where the only Vin at No Vin is me, Vinny. Hey, you just need a new car? Of course you do. What are you gonna do, take the bus? The bus is for schnooks. What are you, a schnook? Look at this car. This car's got my personal guarantee. Hey, I'll even kick the tires for you. Hey, this bumper fits right back on there, nice. Hey, Vinny, you got a phone call in the office. It's downtown. Tell them I'll call back. I'm making money here. Hey, here at Novin, there's no credit check, no paperwork. The only paper we want to see is green. So come on down the lot. You don't see something you like today, it'll be here tomorrow. We're always getting new inventory. So come see me, Vinny, the only Vin at Novin used cars. What are you gonna do? Take the bus? Shut up and sit down. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Third Shift. It is episode 383. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Eric, and with me today, as always, is the inglorious bastard himself. It's Mr. Matt. This is a normal episode. It's wild. We did it. We're through like a billion weird episodes, pre-recorded episodes, episodes from this and that, and who knows God's where. It's just a good old-fashioned Thursday afternoon Looking at what the hell's going on in the gaming world episode. We did it. It's back to normal. Now, with that, I'll say, hey, it's cool to be back to normal, but uh, there's nothing going on, really. It's crazy. Yeah. It's about to be hype in the gaming world, but it ain't quite there yet. So it's a little slow this week, but that's okay. I'm down with it. See, this is why traditionally the first actual third shift of the year is our, hey, quarter one game's hype episode because you know there's nothing going on so hey uh what games are you looking forward to and i thought about mentioning that and then we didn't do it that's not in the show notes so we couldn't possibly do it also we're going to talk about the exact same game so it wouldn't it wouldn't even work it wouldn't work yeah well it is still going to work because uh i was going to bring up the rpg thing again you know off the cuff depending on how the how the show goes and time etc etc oh i'm gonna go off about one of the things so it's we're gonna we're gonna have plenty so, of time yeah you know what i mean we'll we'll see how it all plays out this is how we do it folks we we get a rough little guesstimate of things we might do or talk about and then sometimes it gets talked about sometimes it doesn't we'll we'll see how it goes this is we'll flow like we do down the little river we ain't going to conjecture island it's not happening not today but i got a little story about that i might say it off air but it's funny it's funny i don't know i don't know we'll see we'll see anyways we got to get out with the show hey everybody welcome welcome aboard before we get talking about some games and other stuff we have to know how the hell Matt's week went. We have to know. We just got to know. Matt, how'd it go? What happened? Did you do anything cool? Did I do anything cool? The answer is yes. But the traditional answer is no, because I don't remember a single thing that happened this week. Anything that happened with work, anything that happened outside of work, I don't remember if there was a pay-per-view or not, if there was a sh- any kind of like show that I enjoyed that or a movie that I saw or anything, because literally all I can remember is playing Baldur's Gate 3. That's all I've been doing this week. Literally any time I had free time, I was in Baldur's Gate 3, whether it was here at the setup with an actual PS5 controller in my hand and my nice headphones on, whether it was laying on the bed, belly down, feet kicking, toes wiggling with my PlayStation portal, with some music going and some Baldur's Gate going. That's all I've been doing. I looked at my console last night because I went, you know, Eric says he's 900 hours into it. I think your console says 10, so you're a liar. Because I compared our things. I went, I went, how far did he get? Let me see his trophies. And no, no. But I thought, I got to be like 40 hours in. My console said 74 hours. That's how much time I've been putting into this damn game. And that, that, that seems like it's wrong. That literally can't be right, but it also can't be wrong because that's all I've been doing. As soon as I get home from work, I play Baldur's Gate, and I play it super late, and I took the day off on Monday because I was irritated about work from the previous week, and what did I do all day Monday? I played Baldur's Gate. Oh, I did get it. No, hang on. I did get in a stream of Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm. I got on there and figured out that one of my controllers has stick drift, so that's awesome. That's great, but I can still use it to play Baldur's Gate 3, and I'm just, I'm in it. I'm in it. I said last time that we actually talked about real games, which that was last episode. We did talk about what we did. I had turned the corner. Like, I had hit level 5, and my people were just wrecking shop. Now I'm, like, level 9, 10, somewhere around there. My people destroy 
everything. They ruin everything. I went to attack the towers. I won't go into spoilers. I went to attack the towers. You do a big gauntlet. There's a big boss. There's like a super boss. It doesn't matter. My monk walks up. Whatever the, the biggest thing is, he knocks it on its ass. He stuns it. And he takes half its health bar down in one turn. I get like four attacks in one turn. And each attack procs lightning charges. Also, when I take enemies down to below a certain threshold, they explode and do damage to everyone else. So I run up, run to the next guy right next to him, because my guy has like infinite movement speed, because I have all these tonics and things on him. I got rings on him. I got all this stuff. I got buffs everywhere. He runs to the next thing. It's insanity. It's great. And Lazel, my Git Yankee, her jump is like out of this world. So my guy can literally run everywhere. I use her bonus action. She can jump everywhere. And then I got a mage casting magic missile everywhere, fireball everywhere, firewall everywhere, everything everywhere. I got my cleric healing me up, even though I don't really need to heal all that much, except for like when 18 wizards come and knock my dude down, then I go, whoop, heal. And then he goes, it punches four wizards down to death in one turn. It's so good. And there's so much crazy stuff happening, and I told Eric this off-air that it makes me sad that I'm actually going to do regular D&D with our buddy on Saturday night, because I'm, I'm a god in Baldur's Gate 3. I've got skill checks for days, i got attacks for days, i got abilities for days, I'm just, I feel like I'm a king. It feels great. And then I'm going to go play regular D&D, and hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk up to the goblin, and I'm going to hit him with my sword. Oh, I missed. Okay. Uh, roll a perception check. You failed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a level one guy. It makes sense. So I'm going to go from the highest of highs to not the lowest of lows in a bad way, but like back to the start. And it's crazy. But Baldur's Gate 3 is just so much fun. I'm finally into Act 3 right now. I just got to the thing where, hey, make the travel and you're going into Act 3. And a big event is happening. I'm, in the, I'm saved in the middle of a big event right now. But I, I told Eric this too. I've done so many companion quests for my, my team, my crew. They're ready, they're rocking, they're, they're good to go. They've hit their big turning points, and they, they've done the thing that I want them to do. And then all the other people who've just been sitting in camp this whole time, they're going, hey, hey, uh, you know, I, I'd like a romance. I'd like, hey, all my side quests are opening up too. And I just go, I don't know if I'm going to do that. If it's just going to be this crew for this playthrough, and we're going to storm through and rock it out and finish it out, and you guys are for next time, but I don't know if there will be a next time because it's been 75 hours. <sighs> it's just been great. It's been a great week because, you know, I was in kind of a funk here and there, like to end the year, kind of some stuff would spike me up and then I'd slide back down, and we talked about wanting to, it to be the year of RPGs, and that's what Baldur's Gate 3 has been. It's, it's reignited, and I said this to Eric, so he has to hear it again. It reignited all those Dragon Age origin memories and feelings that I had, making bonds with all those characters and going all throughout the land and solving all the issues in that game. I feel like I'm doing that here. I'm solving giant issues that have been around for a century, seeing the effects of what I did, and then seeing the giant, enormous, no spoilers, thing that I'm going to have to fight and the people who are making this thing happen. It's going to be so huge and epic at the end and i'm just i'm excited and i'm loving it and I, I just wish eric was on the same timeline as i was so we could be like oh dude what'd you do oh what'd you do it what'd you do at moonrise towers what'd you do over here oh who's your who's your favorite person what are they doing wow how is your build different from my build because i reclassed a couple people not in a major way but like she was kind of going this way and i went oh, no no we're gonna go this way and get this person i started her off with two weapons now she's got a one weapon oh it's so good it's so much fun oh i love it and i'm feeling great I'm not going to say, hey, Eric, get on the same page, because I know he's got other stuff he's been doing. He's going to talk to you about it right now, Eric, which you've been doing this past week. That's right. And to clarify, in case you all don't know, no, I wasn't lying. I have 43 hours or so into uh, Boulder's Gate. That's not possible. So Matt, no. Matt saying 10 is inaccurate. It actually states 43 hours. That, that was the whole point of me telling you was how shocked I was that I'm literally nowhere in this game, and I have this many hours in this game. I don't know. It's insanity to me. It's got to be Jared and you or something. Or, or it's like 30 hours off somehow because I, no, can't, ha I can't have it's 75. Just me, it's, me doing, it's me doing what I do in every open world game. It's what I do. I just wander around picking apples 
and I don't know what I'm doing or where I'm going. I make no decisions because I'm too scared. I don't know. I don't go into any dungeon because I'm too scared because I don't. Is I'm supposed to go in this dungeon? Is this dungeon supposed to be what I'm doing? Is this house where I'm supposed to go? This girl's looking at me, but she says she's looking at me strangely. Do I enter the house? Nothing. Nobody's telling me to do it, so I don't do it. So I, then I leave, and then I go find goblins, and the goblins go, hey, we could do the thing. And I'm like, what, what, should I do the thing? What, what does this make? What happens if I do this? I don't want to do this. I'm, so I back out, and I wander away, and I go to the next place. And they're like, hey, this is a crazy event, man. you got to help us out. And I go, I, but is this where I'm supposed to be? And they're like, Wait, what are you talking about? We don't know. Wait, who are you? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Who am I? Where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? I don't know what you guys want from me because there's everywhere I can go. I'll just wander away again. Let me go wander away because I'm scared. Maybe I'm maybe this ain't where I'm supposed to be. I gotta find the NPC that says this is where you're supposed to be, Eric. Come on, and I can't. So I just spend 43 hours wandering around this stupid game, doing absolutely nothing, and sucking, and then getting angry because apparently my buddy Matt's like, "Oh my God, God tier nine with God weapons!" Uh, boo, boo. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Who, what am I supposed to do? I don't even have half my characters. I don't know what's happening. So here's the thing. Yes, it is totally the fallout thing, because that is what happened. You went, I, 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 I eat dirt and rats, and I went, oh, I got a house with a robot butler and all this other stuff. But here, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you an easy one. One, go up. If you get Will, you got to go to the, the tiefling camp, the little grove. You can get Will. Then you go up north, like up north, because goblins are here. Evergreen Grove druids are here. Go into the middle, go up north, you can find another character. There's like a little quest line up there that's pretty easy. She goes, hey, help me find some dudes. And you find a house full of dudes and you kill them. And you go west a little bit. And there's like, oh no, this place is on fire, help. And you solve that lickety split. So you get some XP from one, from the other. Then you go down south and you find the swampity dupes. And then there's a hag and a storyline. That's pretty easy too. So those go north and go south. Don't go west because that's where the goblins are. And east is the start of all the goblin stuff. So go north to get some people, go south to get some XP and beat up a, a cool boss, and then you can go west and start doing your goblin stuff however you want to do it. Because that I think that's what helped me. Because I went to the goblins and they went, that's a lot. Kill three people who are all really tough. I don't know about that. Or go ransack this place with like 85 people in it. I don't want to do that. So I wandered, like you said, went up north, found another character, did her little thing, found the other thing, went south, found the hag. Then I went, okay, I'm, I'm getting pretty tough. And by the time I took out one or two of the, the big goblins, then I was badass. So that's what you do. Go up, go down, then go back over and decide what you want to do. I'll probably have to do that first off. Secondly, though, I will say two of the goblins are already gone and dead. So I only got one more left. Oh, see, see, you got, you got no problems. You got no nothings. Because yeah, I figured it out. But anywho's, I did not play Bulls Gate except to make sure I did, and I went and got another character. I got the the sorcerer whom I don't need whatsoever because I am a sorcerer, but mm. I got him. He's on the team. Threw him in the side. He's he's at the camp. And uh, then I went ahead and stopped saving. Was like, all right, there it is, back on the bar. I went and got another character. Yay for me! Look at me go. And then I turned it off. What I did play was Alan Wake Final Draft. I told you guys, I said, you know, I wanted to play this because I want to see all the differences. I want to, I want to get on, the bar, on board with what's going on. And I already told Matt, so I'll keep it brief. But in a nutshell, uh, there's been a couple, like, TV screens that have done some extra little stuff. There's been a couple extra um, notebooks or logs or whatever you want to call them. And then there's been a scene or two where the character has said something different because they know what's going on. So it's, there's by no means is extensive so far, and with that being said, nothing has changed. the The story keeps going exactly how it went the first time around. So even with the knowing the character knowing something, everything still goes through the way it needs to go through. So I'm still enjoying it just because I loved Alan Wake too. But I will say if if you played it once and you're like, well, I don't know, I can tell you right now as of chapter three and a half ish, four somewhere in that range. Um, not much has changed, not a ton. So maybe it's going to get crazier. Maybe there's going to be a lot more added here soon. So I don't want to say don't do it. And if you love it, do it anyway. But if you're on the fence, you might want to go ahead and hold off for now because not too much has changed. It changed in the second playthrough, but I'm still enjoying it. 
And the only other thing besides that I've played is Monster Hunter Rise. Man, I'm a crackhead. I just, I'm back in it. I think I've logged something like 52 hours on this bad boy already. I, I just, I'm, an, I can't stop. It's, it's that simple grind that I love. It is just it. Go kill monsters. You get pieces and parts. You make better armor. Then you go kill harder monsters. They give you more pieces and parts. And then you get better armor. It's so simple. It's so simple. You know exactly what you have to do. And you just go do it. And it's like, oh, hey, here's four more of those monsters. Okay, I'll go kill them all once. See what kind of gear they drop. Well, here's what I'm building towards. Well, okay, I don't care about these two or these three. Then you just go kill the one or the two. And all of a sudden, you're better and you're bigger and you're stronger. Then you go do it. You just rinse and repeat over and over and over again. Nothing to it. Story, negligible, doesn't matter. It's not why you're playing. Monsters, fun, great, cool. Everything's beautiful and looks gorgeous on the PS5. So glad we did it. So glad we picked it up. Been having a lot of fun with it. And that's it. Uh, as for real life, I'm in the same boat, man. Days flash by. The only thing I do know is that my switch from nights to days sucks. Uh, had trouble with it. I was taking naps every day because I had a four-day vacation before I started back up. So instead of just going right back to work and being forced to go to bed, you know, at 8 and wake up at 4.50 and that was just what you're doing, I was able to be like, ah, you know, I can stay up late and play this game and then go to bed and then I'll just take a nap. Well, now my body's like, hey, it's it's nap time. And you're like, no, you don't get a nap. You're at work. No, it's nap time. You're You're tired. You need to take a nap. So that sucked. The last two days, it was worse yesterday. Today's not so bad, but... Note to self, next time, nope, suck it up, buttercup, penalize yourself, don't do naps, because all it's doing is screwing you over. With that, that's been the week, man. That's it. That's all I've done. Now, normally here is where we roll into releases, but like we said, I, I did my due diligence. I searched on Google first, recent video game releases, and it came up with the Metacritic link that I always click on, and it gave me nothing. It said, oh, hey, here's an additional platform for this game. Here's an additional platform for that game. And I said, I'm not going to cheat. I won't cheat. And he's go, oh, hey, it's a game I talked about last year. Hey, it's coming out on the Switch. Remember what I said? I'm not going to do that. I went on my indie game channel that I follow. I said, what indie games have come out? Every other week of the whole year, they have like five reviews that drop. This time, absolutely nothing. For like the whole last month, they just did like top ten lists and content like that. So I went, okay, I don't have a release. But what I will do is talk about some YouTube channels I've been listening to over the past week. While I'm in Baldur's Gate, sometimes i got to have an earbud. Eric talks about putting a streamer up on the side. i got to have something going on. And I've been watching some documentaries about speedruns. And I'm not a speedrun guy. I'm not the big speedrun guy. I know Eric isn't a speedrun guy. But these two documentary channels do a fantastic job in two different ways. So I'm going to talk about, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, Summoning Salt. He is like the go-to, the go-to man on YouTube for speedrun documentaries. And I got to say, I watched the latest one, but it's a history of Mike Tyson Punch-Out and full speedruns, like from Glass Joe all the way to Mike Tyson. And what I love about his stuff, it's, it feels professionally produced. Like he's got the music, he's got like charts. It feels like a John Boyce chart party video if anybody has seen any of his stuff. He does that for like actual sports. Summoning Salt does that for speedruns of video games. It's really well put together. He's got footage of the speedruns, you know, if people put up their streams and stuff. He's got footage of that. He walks you through the steps, the techniques. You know, this person came along at this point in this year on this date, and he did this, and that made this person realize that he could make his run better by incorporating that technique. And he incorporates how... The speedrunning community comes together. It shows the tweets of people congratulating each other when they get the new world record, all this stuff. So I watched that one, and it got me into watching his stuff all over again. Summoning Salt, 100% recommend. Another one that I will recommend, it's kind of a niche one, but same type of content, is One Short Eye. And I don't know how I found this guy. I think maybe in like my Watch Later queue, I've got full playthroughs of King's Quest games and Space Quest games because it makes me, you know, remember my youth with those games. And so I think because I was watching that, I got recommended One Short Eye's documentary on history of speedrunning in Space Quest games. And this guy does only classic point-and-click PC adventure games. What's unique about it is he's not quite as, you know, fully full-on professional as Summoning Salt. But what I love about One Short Eye is a lot of his stuff, he'll bring in the runners 
he'll do interviews with them, and then that'll be intercut in his documentary of them talking about the moment that they figured out this thing. And then it'll cut to the other person said, yeah, when he showed me this, it blew my mind. So it's, it feels like it's more organic and interactive. Like the com- you can see the community instead of just hearing about it. And it's old school point and click PC adventure games, which are just a blast. And his latest video, which is two hours long, again, Summoning Salt's latest one is about two hours of that Mike Tyson's one. This one, it's just a review, not even a review, but he kind of goes through a game I've never heard of, Conquest of the Longbow, The Legend of Robin Hood. And it's amazing because he breaks down everything you can do in that game and every way you can screw it up. And he brings in a whole crew of like his speedrun buddies to voice the characters in it. It's 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 a ride from start to finish. So I want to recommend those two channels on their own, Summoning Salt and One Short Eye. If you got, you know, a big game you're grinding in or you just want something to listen to as you're making dinner or breaking up throughout the day, check out those two latest videos. The one about Conquest of the Longbow. If you're an old school point and click PC adventure game fan, it's like nothing else. I've never heard of this game. It blew my mind all the stuff you can do. And everybody's played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. So to see the progression of how optimized that game was, how they figured out all this other stuff, check out Summoning Salt's latest video. I'm just giving creators props. They do amazing stuff. I'm not a speedrunner. I don't watch AGDQ all the time. I don't watch you know speedruns all the time. But even if you're not into watching speedruns, these guys break it down. They make great documentaries about how it's done, how the community comes together. Check them both out. They're awesome. Indeed, Matt. While you're checking those out, folks, which you should, by the way, because what else are you going to do? You're sitting in front of your computer. We know what you're doing. You should also go check out this game. Now, I got to say, first off, we'll, we'll let you know. It's, it's Momodora Moonlit Farewell. It's by Bomb Service. It comes out on the PC January 11, 2024. It's a one-player game, Metroidvania style. But the strange part is, is I've never heard of this game in my life. Like you, Matt, I was searching around for titles. I'm like, there's nothing. Nothing came out in weeks and weeks. But I found this one, thanks to Noisy Pixel. So thank you. And I will say this. It actually looks fantastic. It's got that 2D old school sprite, you know, artwork going on. It's got the old Metroidvania exploration all happening in it. And I'm like, how have I not heard of this? And then I started looking deeper. And come to find out, this is actually the third and final one in the series so there have been two others previous to this that I have never heard of in my life, which is insane to me because this looks really, really good. And, of course, your Momo, who's like this high priestess of this village, is sent by like this goddess to cleanse the area of all the demons that have you know been coming in, destroying everything, screwing everybody over. And you've got like some other magical girls that are like you who help you on your journey. And just like I told you, Metroidvania style, your 2D sprite jumping across the areas, fighting epic bosses, using these sigils to up your uh, abilities and choose like wh- where you want to go, what kind of you know ability, you know, typical stuff, what kind of abilities you want, what's going to help you, double jump, triple jump, spray attack, this and that, da 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 da, so on and so forth. It's all very straightforward, but it looks gorgeous. The bosses were looking really, really cool, look really in depth. You know, a lot of little cool mechanics for you to have to avoid, jump around, all that good stuff. It was just a surprise. There's nothing, like, crazy. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to have this. But it looked really, really good, and I don't know why neither you or I have ever seen or talked about these titles. It was, like I said, Noisy Pixel just randomly had this one up, and I don't know where it came from. So if you're bored and you've got some time, which, mind you, right now, a lot of you, not including me because I'm an idiot... But a lot of you probably do have time right now, and there's a you know because it is a lapse in between games this last few weeks, and we're coming up on a big critical point where a lot of games are going to hit, and we're all going to be screwed again. But if you got that week or two left, I really seriously recommend you to go check out Momodora Moonlit Farewell. I won't go too in depth on it because it is what you expect it to be, but it looks gorgeous. Music sounded really good from the few uh, little previews slash reviews that I went and watched. And, of course, the platforming itself looked fun. The bosses already told you about. It's a solid title. And it just surprised me that it came out of nowhere. So if you need a game to play and uh, got seven, eight hours in you for a, a low price, I think it's like $16.99 on Steam, you could have yourself a fun time. It's actually very tempting for me to even go get it. But I'm like, you can't. You can't, Eric. You already, you're, too, you're too far in. And speaking of too far in, I got to say, I did the thing, man. I did the thing that we should do, and I did it, even though who knows how it's going to play out. 
the last day of Epic's 33% off coupon, I went on there and I said, don't don't waste the coupons. 33%, Eric. You got to find something that you'll probably play. And then I saw another pop-up. And I went, this is it. One day, 10% off of Witchfire. Nice. So I went 10% off, 33% off, and I got 43% off Witchfire. So I bought it for like 25 bucks. Hell yeah. I am now the owner of Witchfire. It's, of course, not actually released. It's the the whatever, the, the beta or whatever you want to call it. But I now own it in the base game. So when it's actually finished and done, I already have it in the books. It's already there, ready to go. And I, yes, even though I have it, I am going to wait. I want to wait till it's just ready and it says, hey, here's the game instead of, hey, we're still tweaking all sorts of stuff. I don't want to play it that way. I want to play it with whatever they intend at the final end of their little journey here. So I did one step, folks. I got Witchfire. It's in there. It's ready to go whenever it launches officially. Like you said, that's one thing we we should both do, but I just can't do it. I just can't do it because there's too much big stuff. I'm in too much big stuff now. I can't turn into Eric and just get mired in a a giant pile of games. You already are. You own like 5,000 games. You own like 5 million games. That's true, but they're they're in the room over there. They're not sitting here on the console right on the bar going tick, 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 tick. (laughs) That's going to start up in like a week and a half, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's not happening right now. Although there is a game... And I don't know how we're going to do this segment because I, I kind of want you to intro it because I'm going to, this is the one where I want to go off and just go crazy. Well, let me tell you, I got no stake in this game. I really don't. I don't know which way to think about anything or uh, concerning this. All right, folks. And what I'm talking about is you already should know it's the Suicide Squad previews. You almost never get previews that come out that just start lambasting and destroying a game or got this negative go-around, you just don't see it. Usually it's always like, hey, it looks promising, but we hope to see this. If it's being negative, you know, it's one of those. But several sites with headliners were just like, ah, it's bad. It's not going to be good. No, it's a bad, bad thing. And that just surprised me. I, I mean, we already know, we know the hubbub about it has been negative, and we've talked about it a couple times on shows and, you know, previous times. But even with that being said and having had happened, like I said, this is just weird. It's weird to see previews come out and they're already like, stab you in the head. Stab you, stab you. And I'm like, this is nuts to me that you're just, this game for some reason is not getting a chance. And I'm not the guy who has ever like, you know, I see people on Twitter all the time. Oh, the Xbox tax. You know, everybody hates on stuff that's on Xbox. I'm not the guy who says the fix is in because we've lived through 40-some years of games journalism where every preview, even like previews of the Lord of the Rings Gollum, the worst game ever from last year, or freaking Kong Skull Island, the, the other worst game ever from last year. I saw previews of it saying, this should be pretty fun. Hey, you can run around as Kong. Hey, you know, discover Smeagol's journey in Mordor and whatever. Games that were, I've, I shouldn't say this, but games that when you watch the trailer were obviously going to be trash. We get positive previews of. But this game, for some reason, it's getting just, like you said, lambasted, destroyed left and right. I wasn't even going to read the IGN article. I saw the headline. We played it and we don't like it. And I went, f*** this. I'm just going to buy the game. I'm just going to pre-order the goddamn game because this doesn't happen and something is wrong here. I don't know what it is and I'm not Black Chopper Conspiracy Man but since this never happens, what is happening now? What is going on? And that's the mystery, isn't it? Because this happened with Hogwarts, but on a different scale. Yeah, yeah. Hogwarts was, we're just not going to, we're not previewing it. We're not talking about it, you know? And we all knew the reason why the J.K. Rowling issues and all that. This one's, it doesn't, I don't know. What is the mystery here? What's going on? Because it's by a studio that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. It's D.C. Tons of people love D.C. I don't, so I don't get where this like hey we're just gonna not like this you guys on board let's just not like it and even you know sure it's a live service game people are kind of turning on live service elements to things but i shouldn't say this this is me being hyperbolic almost every game that releases is a goddamn live service game and none of them get just completely crapped on like this one is right now and here's the other thing that bugs me about it is you know, people read these articles from IGN and Games Journalist because they did have a preview event, and apparently the preview event wasn't set up very well. You got kind of like chopped here and there into different parts of the story with different abilities, and it wasn't made clear according to the IGN article. 
But again, going the rounds on Twitter, which I should never look at anything on Twitter because all it does is piss me off, especially something I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But people were saying, oh, you know, well, influencers seem to like it more than the game's journalists. And that immediately made everyone go, well, yeah, because they're just shills and they just want free stuff. And then everyone goes, well, suddenly games journalism is uh, actually being serious business. People who never played the goddamn game, who have no experience in it, are automatically shifting their little narrative because of these weird, heinous previews. And I don't understand it because I played this game and I can say that and I can talk about it today because Warner Brothers and Rocksteady dropped the NDA for people who played the technical alpha, whatever it was, a couple months ago. And I will say, this game's not bad. It's a shooter. It's kind of average in its shooting mechanics, but it's not terrible. It's not bad. I don't understand where the stuff is coming from. It does cool stuff with the narrative. And if you don't like the characters and the banter back and forth, because apparently people don't like characters or banter or fun. People don't like banter or anything anymore. That's just... Everybody, that's all the time, man. They just sound so stupid and kind of cringe. That's all I ever hear. Everything, everything. Yeah, and I'll admit some of the characters, Captain Boomerang's a little annoying, but Harley has some awesome lines, and I got to play like four missions in that technical alpha. You start from the very beginning, and you play through like the first confrontation with a, a turned member of the Justice League. She had some killer lines. Not all the time, not everywhere, but there were some chuckle moments. There were a couple laugh-out-loud moments. Small things. Not the biggest things. But everything I played, it worked well. It worked fine. And I got hints. I got glimpses of loadouts, of new guns coming in. Getting the new guns wasn't all that exciting. But when I realized I could swap out, you know, I played his dead shot. He's got, like, his arm cannons, and he's got a sniper rifle. And I went, oh, I'm not a sniper guy. His arm cannons are okay. And then it went, oh, hey. You can just swap out, like with a Gatling gun, like King Shark uses. Oh, I can make this guy however I want to. You open up the skill tree, which nobody talks about. Every character has three skill trees. It's like giant Borderlands skill trees. Like I was, I was distraught when I first saw it, but then I went, you know what? If I did sit down and plop, 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 plop I'm going to start making these characters feel how I want them to feel. So to say that all these characters feel the same, yeah, because you don't have the chance to upgrade them yet. It feels weird because I was down on it when it was first revealed because everyone was like floating in the air and shooting and we didn't really like that. Yeah, just floating around shooting guns. We we, we made fun of it for that. And, and I still think rightfully so because yeah. it was just a bad showcasing of that game. And now I feel like they haven't reworked the whole thing or anything, but I feel like having played every single character because you have to at the start of the closed alpha, you have to play everybody and learn all their moves. Everybody does feel unique enough that that feeling that we had in the first thing, it's gone. Not everybody has a rocket pack. One character has a rocket pack. And in the first showcase, it seemed like everyone would just fly and then they just hover. You can't do that with everybody. So even that's gone. But it feels weird because we were negative. Everyone has continued to be even more negative, but I feel like I'm getting more positive on it. And the last thing I'll say is, because this has been pissing me off with... So many games that have been coming out lately. They did it with Saints Row. They did it with Forspoken. Somebody on Twitter will post one video or like four screenshots of the game looking as bad as it possibly could and go, huh, check this out. Looks like it's trash. And everybody just latches on like little lamprey eels. I won't say who it was, but they posted four screenshots and says, Suicide Squad's UI. Oh, my eyes. And they show these screenshots with stuff all over the screen. Now I will tell you, if you look at what is going on here, the person is playing in co-op, so you have health bars and names for the three co-op players. I never played in co-op. That was not on my screen. They're doing some kind of deposit the crystals, or put things in so there's a big bar at the top that they fill up in whatever event this is, because this wasn't in any mission that I did. So that's never there. There's a Harley Quinn saying a line over there, so they got the little, like, codec call coming in. You know what? When people aren't doing that, that's not there either. They got tool tips for like a suicide strike, like a big team-up attack. That's on the screen. Guess what? Once your first tutorial's gone, that's not going to be there. They got subtitles on the bottom of the screen. Guess what? If you don't like that crap, you can turn it off. They have some weird giant multiplier thing, score multiplier thing on the left. Apparently, obviously that's just for this co-op activity that you're doing because guess what? When I played it in alpha, that wasn't there. So people trying to show off that the UI looks horrendous and cluttered and crowded and clumped, 
It doesn't all the time. When you're just running around in Metropolis, guess what you're seeing? You're seeing maybe your health and shield at the top. You're seeing your weapons on the bottom. And that's fucking it. That's it. They're just staging the narrative, Matt. Yes. <laughs> it, it drives me crazy because they did it with the, the one clip of Saints Row that anybody showed. They did it with the one video clip of Forspoken that anybody ever saw. They didn't show the game in action. They didn't show anything good. They latch onto this one thing. Oh, I found four screenshots from some dumb co-op event that all four people are doing. And oh, it looks so terrible. But guess what? When you're running around, when you're doing story missions, it doesn't look like this. This is not what the this is not the game that I played. Now, granted, obviously, it's somewhere in the game, but 100% of the alpha time I had didn't look like this at all. So somebody cherry picked some terrible looking thing and went, oh, I don't like this. Hey everybody, everybody else on co-op, take pictures. Take screenshots because I don't like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, lol, let's troll, let's... I don't know. It makes me mad. It makes me furious. It's not acceptable. And then here's the best part, man. Here's the best part that I get a kick out of myself. All right? So they're going to do this. They're, they're staging the narrative. They're pushing all this stuff, right? Six, seven months from now, when it, it's Rocksteady, right? Yes. When Rocksteady f- fails because this game bombs and they lay off 300 people. Every outlet that dogged this game, every outlet that did this is going to go, It is so tragic what they did to those developers at Rocksteady. They, 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 they laid them off. And they're going to have this whole diatribe of BS about it. And it's going to go, wait a minute, where were you a few months ago when you just dogged this game into the ground, made sure it failed, and helped it fail? Now, all of a sudden, now you're sad for the developers who had to get laid off because uh, Rocksteady didn't make back the $7.9 million they needed to uh, compensate for the game being made? Hmm. Well, gee, gee willigers. And the other thing that kills me, too, is a, is a guy who watches a lot of video game video essays on YouTube, is I know this will happen, regardless of if it actually does well or not or, or anything, because it happened to Saints Row, it happened to Forspoken, it even happened to Marvel's Avengers, is six months afterwards or eight months afterwards or maybe even a year afterwards, probably in a year when they say, oh, we'll stop supporting it in another year because everybody made it fail so much, I'll see two to three hour-and-a-half-long video essays, and they'll be titled, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. It's pretty good, actually. Oh, it's pretty good in 2025. And I'll say, I can't guarantee it because I haven't played it. I guarantee it was always good. And just the narrative swapped it over to it's always bad. And when people actually sit down and play it, having forgotten the narrative that it sucked and their little, the little Twitter fervor about it, when people sit down and play it for what it is, they'll go, oh, this game actually has a lot of really good points. The story stuff it does is really cool and inventive, and the way they take certain characters and the way you interact with this and the it's going to make me mad. Because I'm going to be on it from day one to support the devs and support the cool things that they're doing, even if some things don't appeal to me that much. Because I, I don't know. I, I don't want to make it like Matt takes a stand for bad video games, because that's what everyone's going to say that I've been doing in the last few years. But how can journalism, how can the gaming public just go, we're just going to poop on this game no matter what? Even if it's going to do cool things, nah, it's just, it's just all garbage. We're just going to stir up the garbage soup and just drop it in. Well, I know where it starts with the big sites. And, you know, if you want to put your black chopper hat on, I, I could swear if the big sites, I, I just wonder sometimes because it's miraculous how some of these games get just dogged on when there's no real reason for it. It's an average. Some of these games are average or good or whatever, but they'll get smoked on. While so many other games that are just trash get overlooked, don't even get reviewed, don't get talked about, just disappear with the annals of time, no big deal. But these ones get dogged. And that just, I can't help but wonder if there's something going on there. They didn't pay a price for the uh, whatever, the reviews. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's for sure that's real. I have no idea. I'm just an idiot living in Charlotte, so whatever. But I will say it starts there. And then with the fervor that that creates, you get your content creators. They don't care if the game's good or bad. They just need people looking at them. They need eyes on their site. They need eyes on their YouTubes, on their Twitches. So they take the narrative that's being given to them by the big sites, which is it's trash, and it's hot. Everyone's up in a broil, and they run with it. They don't got no money. They don't care. They just want the clicks and the views. So they're going to run with that. 
And they're going to go ahead and just lambast it, boom, 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 and just repeat it and, and, and dish it all out, getting all the views they can as fast as they can and as much as they can and as long as they can until it's irrelevant and no one cares anymore. That's just it. That's it, in a nutshell. So it starts right there, and that's the mystery. I don't. I know why the YouTubers and the streamers and everybody else all latch on. It's up there where the big journalists, the big gaming sites, why they pick and choose which games they just mow down and which ones they prop up you know on high that's crazy to me i don't i don't understand how it works obviously i never will but it just doesn't seem right and and i really wish and this will be the last thing i have to say on it i wish they had lifted the nda like a month ago or if they didn't have the nda except for like video or or screenshots or whatever because the nda was you can't stream it you can't share footage you can't share screenshots and you can't talk about it if they had just left out the last bit, most people who played the game, I'm, you know, I've saw people on Twitter saying I didn't really enjoy it, but they didn't say like I hate it. It's awful. And a lot of people like myself played it and it's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's going to be game of the year like the greatest thing I've ever played in my whole life, but it's not broken and it works. And if you like shooting and if you like open worlds, this is probably going to be something you'll enjoy. It's I don't want to sound too puffed up about it. It was pretty good. But when the narrative comes out, this is bad. And then they go, oh, well, what about you guys who liked it? And we go, yeah, we like it. But the narrative from the big outlet is already that it sucks. If there was like a, at least it was, hey, it's pretty good. We've been hearing it's pretty good. And then the outlet goes, yeah, but we didn't like it. People can go, oh, but it seems like a lot of other people have enjoyed it, enjoyed their time with it. There'd be like a, not a counter narrative, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be the only game in town saying this sucks, and then oh, they just released the NDA to try and get people to like it again. I, I just it drives me nuts because it was pretty good, but the story is going to be that this game is wretched and awful. Even though, even in the IGN article, they go, "Oh, it does a lot of cool stuff." It's the sandwich, but reversed. They say a bad thing, say a little good thing, and then say more bad stuff. I don't know. It baffles me. Why did it happen, and how did it happen? We've said it already. Yeah. Well, we'll never know, Matt, but we will watch this cycle repeat itself with this game and others down the line. Now, what do you all think? I'd love to hear, like, are you already on board? Do you think it sucks too? And then if you do think it sucks, what are your reasons? Do you have legitimate ones, or is it just because – and don't be ashamed of it. Did the narrative – is it just because IGN and Game Informer and Kotaku have told you this? So you're in on it? I'd love to know. And I won't say you got no brain if you think that, because a lot of people do that. You know, you, you click you click in your favorite site, and if they tell you, hey, this is hot trash, you know, you're busy. You got lives. I get it. You don't got time to go research in depth on a game sometimes. You just go, oh, man, darn, that one just gets getting told it's crap. All right, I guess I'll put that one off and go play uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth instead. Boom. And like one of our patrons, one of our Discord members, Ryan Peterson, he's mentioned before how he thinks the narrative and what they're doing is interesting, but the gameplay looks kind of rote. Just to him, from his impressions, from what he's seen so far, which is valid, 100% valid. And I'm not saying anybody who has honest negative opinions of the game is wrong. So just if people have honest opinions about it, great, fine, no matter what it is, positive, negative, whoever. But I feel like when this stuff happens, and we've seen it before... Everybody just leeches on and goes, yeah, yeah, I heard that sucked. I saw some guy talk about it for 30 seconds, and he said it blew. He showed four bad screenshots. Looks like trash. That's It is wild. It's wild. But we'd love to know what you hear or think about all that. And you know what? I got a couple quick hits, Matt. All right, and one is Alone in the Dark, the remake. Just got some new gameplay over on Game Informer, so you want to check that out, definitely hit up Game Informer and go watch it and listen to them play and, and talk kind of over over the game itself. I am excited. Now, the game, it's Alone in the Dark, of course, if you don't know, it's like an old, old game. It actually, you know, Resident Evil is inspired by Alone in the Dark, and that's where it all came from. So it's kind of like Papa Bear, you know, the old the old man in the room. And this remake does still kind of have that old vibe to it. Like, you know, it, it looks good, but it doesn't look like it's made by, a, obviously, like a Capcom. It doesn't have the AAA finesse you know all going with it it doesn't have that panache whatever the word is i don't know finesse and panache it's just finesse i love it finesse (laughs) but it looked good and it looked solid and it looked like something that's right under you know where i want to be 
It's got the scary, weird little monsters. It's got the third-person view going. It's got that scary, spooky, haunty vibe of you traversing the uh, the homes in the town slowly and wondering what's around every corner. It did all the things. It did it all in the little gameplay that I saw. And I was worried. I already told you guys I wanted to get this. It was for sure a game I wanted to play. But I was scared it was going to be like Jank Jank. You know what I mean? Like it was going to be like not good and really, really. But it didn't look that way. It looked like it played smooth. Everything seemed to function the way it's supposed to. I know it's like a five, ten minute gameplay video. So I, I can't base everything off of just that. But from what I saw, it got my hopes up. And I can't wait to check it out. I will say like the enemy variety. I think they had like one or two enemies the whole time. And, they just, and I'm like, well, that's a little worrisome. Because the zombies in Resident Evil, yeah, you fight millions of zombies, but they all, a lot of them look different. You know, there's a lot of variety in how they look. I know that means absolutely nothing. It's just, it's a, you know, just you looking at something. But this one, they had like these vine monsters. But every vine monster looked exactly the same. It was it was the exact same vine monster over and over again. I'm like, well, that kind of stinks, you know. I mean, yeah, I get it, but it would have been nice if maybe the, some vine monsters had twigs and sticks out of their head and some had four arms and some had two. Okay, that wouldn't have been too hard to do, but oh well. Maybe maybe it's just one little area with that one monster, so I won't go nuts on it. I just wanted to say I watched this video and I had some fun with it, and I'm looking forward to Alone in the Dark to remake. It uh, it ain't out for a while. I don't even know if it's got the release date to be honest with you, but it's still quite a ways away. I think a few months at least. So we'll see how it goes. But if you haven't checked it out and you love Resident Evil, you love Silent Hill, you love the medium, that kind of stuff, go check out Alone in the Dark to remake. Because you might be surprised, and you might get to play a great game that inspired all the rest of them to come, and you'll be part of history. I don't have much to say because I'm completely deflated and have no energy right now, but I haven't seen the video. Mm -hmm. I am definitely going to go check it out because when they did the reveal, was was like the, the characters in character acting kind of at the screen, talking about their life and their story. We were both interested in that. Oh, yeah. So I'm definitely going to go check it out. I had no idea this happened, mm -hmm. but I'm going to check it out myself. Well, definitely do, man, because it was it was really neat and a lot of fun. And then, of course, something that happened that I was oblivious to, man, it was Arcane season two trailer. And I'm still stoked, but I will say I got I got real excited. I love Arcane; it was such a great, 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 great show. And I went, "Oh my god, I gotta go see this damn trailer, man! I gotta go see it." Oh man, all right, here we go. And I immediately knew I was screwed because it was like 16 seconds. I went, "Oh my." Damn it. So I pushed play and I went, well, maybe. And it was neat. Don't get me wrong. It was moody and it was it was character I don't know about. So I read up and apparently it's like this werewolf and this mad scientist named Singed or something who sells all the goop that went to uh what's his Silco or whatever his name was, the baddie in the first one. And he was giving it out to all the people of Piltover or whatever. The whole thing. I had no idea. I didn't know any of that. I just saw this big Frankenstein-looking monster, which I guess is a werewolf, but looked like more like of a Frankenstonian monster to me. I didn't know. But he was like, he's doing his thing. Werewolf, and the blood's like, in the stuff. And I'm like, ah, that's cool. And then it ended. And I went, well, damn, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted at all. But I'm still excited. I'm still excited. I don't care. Arcane 2 is coming. I can't wait. I don't even know when it's coming. It's coming someday. Long time from now. It's going to come in November, maybe. I don't know. But I want a better trailer, Matt. Where's my peeps at? Where's all the characters we know? Where's Jinx and such? And I don't Why you show me this? Huh? Let me be the captain now and give you better trailer. I don't, why, why do you give me this weird trailer? This cracks me up because, A, I am the League of Legends guy from way back, so I know the characters you're talking about. I'm just going to let you go and try and figure it out. But I double crack up because you say, where's the characters we know? Uh, when I watched Arcane, the episodes I've seen, it was like late on a St. Paddy's Day night, wasn't it? Like we watched it all St. Paddy's Day night? Yes, it was the end of the St. Paddy's Day night. I don't remember a single thing. <laughs> from that show at all i remember i know vi's there and jinx is there and i remember going jace was goddamn tuxedo and james going hey man and i completely even forgot what he's talking about so i have to go and watch it and and then see this trailer but when i do what i can speak to even though it's completely irrelevant to anything but 
I was on YouTube the other day, and for some reason, my ad blocker was off. Maybe I was watching it on the phone, but I got an ad, like a two to five minute ad for League of Legends, but it wasn't about the game. It was their beautiful CG cutscene of Trindamir and Ash and all kinds of the shadow stuff that's probably happened in, you know, season 24 or whatever they're on. But it made me go, God, you know, and remembering now Arcane and how good that looked from the flashes that I remember. I went, man, I think, I think this, this is the one company that can compete with Blizzard in CG trailers being like the most epic, badass, beautiful goddamn CGI. Not like super lifelike, but you know, the, the CG that you want to see mm-hmm. that makes you go, God, I got to play the game, even though it doesn't look anything like this. But that's that character in the best possible way. It got me all jazzed up, and it reminded me of all the times we've seen Blizzard do that oh, with yeah. World of Warcraft and Diablo, etc., Overwatch. Yeah, it was great. It was great. League of Legends is great. CG is great. Arcane 2 is probably going to be great. Can't wait to see a werewolf man singed and whatever you are. It's, I'm stoked. Go watch the trailer, folks, and be excited and sad like me. But that's okay. It's okay. We got the last bit, man. Last little bit. I don't know what it means. Maybe it means nothing. But it means probably doesn't mean nothing because Microsoft's talked about this a lot. There's rumors out there. Jeff Grubb and such, you know, another one that Game Files or something like that collaborated, that Sea of Thieves is coming to PlayStation. And not only that, there's other rumors stating that that's not the only one, that we're also going to be seeing Hi-Fi Rush come over to the PlayStation, etc., and it, coming from Grubb, especially on the Sea of Thieves, I'm not sure if the High Five Rush was from him or also. I, I checked several things, but there was I didn't really see no collaboration on that. But the Sea of Thieves, I know, does come directly from a credible source. I'm like, well, that's pretty actually. That's that's cool, but that's strange to me. You know, they just had all this this drama and this battle, you know, with the Activision Blizzard and everything. It's strange to me to, to think that they're going to start sharing some of their games as time goes on, over to PlayStation. Even though it makes sense, money is money. Get your get your games on whatever platform you can. But I don't see any kind of reciprocal relationship going on. I don't see PlayStation giving Microsoft anything, period, ever, not happening. So this just is, like, weird to me that they're like, hey, you know what, we're, we're going to play nice regardless. Here's some stuff. And obviously, it ain't going to be the new day-on-date stuff. But, you know, hey, we've had this game out for a year, two years, whatever. Yeah, sure. Let's your PlayStation. You can have it. See if it makes some another buck over there. I just don't think that's good for Microsoft in the long run, because it just furthers what's in my brain already. Well, I get all the games I want basically on PlayStation anyway, so why not just stay here? Because even if you do get a really good game, if I just wait a year or two, you'll you'll give it to PlayStation and I can get it there. So I don't know if that helps them, but on the other end, like we already just said, money's money, and if they can get hundreds of thousands of people to buy the game that they weren't ever going to buy because they're never going to play on Xbox, what's it to them? So I, I don't know which way to go with this. I guess it's cool, but I just don't know. I feel like Microsoft's doing a lot of the right stuff, and they've done a great job at doing the Game Pass and, and being open and honest about what's going on, for the most part. You know, there's always political BS with that stuff, but but I just don't feel like Every step they take is like, yeah, that's cool, but I don't feel like it's making them the money they need to stay in the whole competition of everything if they want to keep going down the console lane, which we've already talked about before, too. I don't think they do. I think they want out of that, and they want to just be a service on everything, uh, your TV, on uh, PlayStation, on the Nintendo Switch, on PC, etc., so maybe it's just one more step in that direction. I don't know. What do you think? I think you've hit all the points I was going to talk about. <laughs> I mean, you, you're saying that PlayStation is not going to go this way, but Microsoft is. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is how business should be conducted. Like, even if your business partner is going gonna, is gonna to not do the same thing, if you're doing something that's good for consumers, you should just do it. And I think that's what this is. Because we've talked about console exclusivity and how it just sucks. Because if you can only afford a PlayStation, you can never play a Microsoft game. Mm. But now, hey, you can play Sea of Thieves. You've been hearing your friends talk about it for years and years. You don't have a PC that can run it, even though I'm sure it's not very taxing. Now you can conceivably, if the rumors are true, you can play it. Because cross-platform, multi-console releases 
are good for everybody. Maybe not, you know, the most beneficial for the owners, but everybody who wanted to buy Sea of Thieves has bought it now. Now you're opening up to a brand new market. And just like we've talked about with they wanting to be Game Pass on everything, if this is the tiny little, like, not even foot in the door, but toe in the door that could lead to something like that, where Game Pass can be available anywhere you want it, then this is 100% what needs to happen and how it should be done. Because we've talked about it before, and I'm very enthusiastic about it, because I love Game Pass, even though I don't play it as much as I should. That's a service that, if it's everywhere, that's great for everyone. Because if you want to play Starfield, and all you have is your PS5, boom. Now you could conceivably download it and play it. That's freaking awesome and even if it's like cloud streaming or whatever you know however they want to get around it or do it anything that puts that library of awesome stuff in everybody's hands it's great so any tiny step towards the possibility of that i will always say this is great so if the rumors are true awesome because it's more games in the hands of gamers and it could possibly probably like as we're dying like that yeah, many years many, out. Many, many moons from now. Lead to actual cooperation between companies, even in just the sign up for this service and you can access their stuff kind of a way. I, I just, I swear I think it'd be, and we won't go long on it. I'll just say this last little bit, I guess, unless you want to add, is I swear this would be nothing but a benefit to PlayStation as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would be nothing but a benefit because now I don't have to get the Xbox system. Now I can go get my PlayStation without debating which one to buy, which without having any argument in my mind, because I'll go get my PlayStation, and immediately I'm going to have Game Pass. Because I'm going to go, yeah, well, no doubt, on my favorite system ever, the PlayStation, I'm going to put Game Pass on it, so I can play any game that's not natively already going to be on the PlayStation. But beyond that, now my catalog's opened up vastly to all the games Game Pass allows. So they win because they're getting my Game Pass money every month, forever, PlayStation wins because I'm just buying into PlayStation without even the argument or the fight to go one way or the other. And what if they actually did reciprocate and you went both ways on it and you could buy God of War on your Xbox and that money obviously goes to Sony Santa Monica or who you know all the Sony tied stuff. Mm-hmm. If you could sign up for PlayStation Plus Ultimate and get First party games on your Xbox, not a hundred percent day one, but you know, in a reasonable time frame on your Xbox, that's money going to Sony that an exclusive Xbox gamer would never have given them. If you can cloud stream that stuff to your Switch, that's two companies worth of monies that those companies would never have gotten otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's this is a good idea for everybody, and then the consumer just wins, period, because you get yes. everything on your one platform that you can afford. Because many of us, including me, I just can't be buying all the consoles anymore. Technically, yes, I can, but financially, being financially responsible, no, it's not. I just don't want to do that. So this would just be a win-win for everybody involved. It's great for gamers. It's better for companies because where's the bad part? Where's the bad part? You just don't don't want to because you're stubborn? Come on, companies. Come on. Get on board. Let's go. Stop it. So what about you? out there in podcast listener land. What are your thoughts on the Suicide Squad, on the Lone in the Dark, on Arcane, on League of Legends, on Blizzard's awesome CG trailers, on Sea of Thieves, on Xbox, on PlayStation? Give us any thoughts on any of that stuff, or if you just want to say hi, or if you've got questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, send them to us via the email, thirdshiftme@gmail.com On the Twitter machine at ThirdShiftME, find us on Facebook under ThirdShift, hit the Discord, the Patreon. You heard me mention those two things. We got cool dudes at both of those places hanging out with us, talking to us, having a great time. And you know what? Just call up my cell phone. Just text me unsolicited, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll definitely respond to this text. Like, I respond to all the other spam texts. Send me a link. I'll click on your link. You know, I love it. I love that stuff. You can send me a text. I'll respond. I actually do respond. You do respond to crazy people. <laughs> so you can. And I'm a weirdo. I'll, I'll talk to you. We, we could be friends, everybody. We could be the bestest of friends. Or probably be smarter than that. Don't do that. But head on over to Patreon and go, hey, you know what? I like what they're doing. These, these old guys, wowzers. I want to help them out. And then you go fishing in your pocket and you got some quarters. You got some nickels. Maybe a dollar bill, too. 
You can throw it our way. Helps keep the bait, the bait on and the bite on and the mites on. You see, if we had more of that Patreon cash, I might know how to speak English a little bit better. And that benefits you and it benefits me. So I suggest you head on over there and do that to help me help you. <laughs> Donate to Eric so he can get a little bit more finash, finash. with his podcasting <laughs> and his speaking abilities. <laughs> but if you can't do any of that, at least listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 18th of January on iTunes and Stitcher, on Poppy, and on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, <laughs> review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. <laughs> We do indeed, just like we appreciate the five-star reviews. I talked about choking you guys last time. You know, I, I got to stop with the threats. I can't keep threatening y'all. Y'all aren't giving the five-star reviews, so apparently the threats aren't coming through. And you know what? I'm too old. I can't find you all. I can't. I just can't do it. I have to randomly see you and come in contact with you to choke you to death because you didn't give us a five-star review. So let me just say this time, come on, get on out there, do us a favor. My birthday's coming up. You know, for my birthday, yeah, come on, man. It's only two months away. Give me it's a It's a long way away. Hey, you know, know what? My birthday's coming away. up, too. You know what? Christmas is coming up, everybody. Two months is Treat nothing. When you're 40 years old and you got kids, <laughs> two months, that, pff, that's like a blink of an eye. It'll be March before you know it. Fair. That's fair. Get out there. Throw us a five-star review. That'll make my day. It'll get me chomping at the bits, the lights shining in the eyes, and then maybe instead of being sad about being 41, I'll be excited. You can make that happen for me. And with that, there's nothing else to say as Eric takes a drink and I stretch it out, except for... Don't forget to say... Shut up and sit down.